Welcome back to the Women of Marvel podcast, where the women of Marvel assemble to talk all things Marvel and more. I'm Adri Cowan. I am the social media manager. I'm Sana Manith, director of content character development. You had to question your title. Then. <laughs> it's brand new. It's, it's brand, brand new. new. Uh, and this is Judy Stevens, producer. So we're bringing to you another one of the Women of Marvel variant cover podcasts. And today we have Ming Doyle on with us. Hey everyone, Ming. You're calling. We're talking to you from Boston. That's correct. Yes, and it you're is sadly correct at the moment. <laughs> you're in the midst. You're you're actually currently literally in in the snow. You're outside. You're in the snow. You're you're covered in snow. Well, three minutes ago, I was literally in the snow. Now I'm literally in my apartment, but it's rough out there. <laughs> Yeah, the, there's there's snow out there that's like the size of like a human being, right? Like if oh, I went there, it's I'd be far covered. taller than me um, yeah. <laughs> in a lot of spots. I mean, I'm only like five foot three, but it's it's getting scary out there. I might at any moment fall into a drift and never be heard from again. <laughs> oh no! Well, I'd... at least you leave your beautiful art behind. Yes, what a legacy! You should draw in the snow your final piece. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, and give it like to us. <laughs> no, this got really dark, like, <laughs> really <laughs> quick. Yeah. Well, I could keep it dark at Marvel. Women of Marvel, so goth. Not more goth than us. Well, um, Ming is actually doing, uh, for those of you who have not heard any of our other interviews, she's doing um, one of our Women of Marvel variant pieces that is on sale uh, in March for in honor of Women's History Month. Um, and she did the... Spider-Man piece? Yeah. yeah. Amazing Spider-Man. Amazing Spider-Man piece, um, which I believe will be debuted shortly. I don't think we've shown that image yet, have we? Uh, uh, it was solicited. It was solicited. Okay. Okay. Well, we'll make sure for those listening at home that we post it on the Tumblr when we talk about this. And it's, I kind of love it because it's Spider-Man in full costume sitting on the subway on his phone, and, like, it's true New York subway or maybe Boston subway. I'm sure it's the same thing where there's someone looking over his shoulder and then someone's, like, the view that you have is, like, through this person across the, across the car taking a photo of Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, and that's, uh, that image we'll, we'll be posting along with this podcast on our Instagram, our Tumblr, and et cetera, et cetera. Right, Adri? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. All the social medias. All the social media. Well, um, well, of course, that is just uh, one piece in sort of the arsenal of all of the art that you've done over, all over the past few years, of course. Um, but why don't you tell us a little bit about your background and how you got into comics, how you got into art, and you know what, what you love about it? Oh, sure. Well, I think like every other artist working in comics, I always loved drawing from being a baby till now. I've always enjoyed drawing. So um, I went to art school uh, for college and then decided I didn't want to do studio art because I didn't want to get into the gallery scene in New York. It just seemed a little not not my not my speed. And uh, a lot of my professors actually recommended that I, I get into comics and I start reading comics. Um, so I did because, <laughs> you know, I liked the X-Men cartoon growing up. It was on Saturday morning. Fox 25, 11 a.m. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's like the common like thread. So that's a common thread between um, all of us. Yeah. <laughs> The X-Men comic, we've talked about that so many times on this podcast of how... Oh, I know. I mean, it was that was such a smart future marketing move that Marvel mm-hmm. pulled back in the day. We're going to, they were just saying, yes, we're going to inundate all of these youngsters and indoctrinate them with a love of all this soap opera dynamic going on in the Xavier Mansion, and they're going to love it when they're older, I can tell. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, so, um, yeah, I got into drawing comics uh, basically just by doing, you know, some unpaid anthology work and stuff in the early days, and um, one thing led to another. And actually, one of my very first published pieces of sequential work was in um, Girl Comics, put together by Ms. Janine Safer. And I did a night crawler, a neat page night crawler story with G. Willow Wilson. Yeah, and that I was like in that. 2008 or nine, maybe. I love calling back to girl comics. I was actually an assistant editor at the time, and on that book, uh, it's the first and only book me and Janine worked on together, actually, mm-hmm. which is really funny and sad at the same time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's such a great place. Like if you look back, it's just it, it it's such a great place where there's this collection of such great female. Talent and the stories are also just fantastic. Um, so for those of you who have not uh, heard me talk about it, because I've talked about it on a few podcasts, Girl Comics, there's like a hardcover and a trade. I'm sure you can find it on, on Amazon and in comic stores. Uh, you should definitely check it out, um, especially if you want to support women in comics. Yes, though it is embarrassing for me because it's some of my earliest sequential really so Don't judge me too harshly, dear readers. No, it was a great, it was a really great story, actually. I really loved it. Yeah, it was fun. It was very yeah. lyrical. Yes. And you've definitely come full circle, obviously, while you watched X-Men comics and then did a <laughs> Nightcrawler book. Yeah. I know. It was pretty unbelievable. I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> it was very fun to be able to work a bit. So, of course, you know, one of my very first formative crushes was Gambit, so I was a little heartbroken. That, yeah, I know. He's like, he's, like such comic. A, he's such a fictional ladies' man, because, like, everyone is like, I love Gambit. I, he's, like, the most Listen, popular Listen, he has those eyeballs. He's got the black sclera hey, and the red so irises. Like, I learned what sclera were, so I could describe He's, like, the eyes, bad boy. Like, uh, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. He's the bad boy of, of the X-Men. Yeah, he's the total bad boy. I, you, know, <laughs> you know, so you have, you have Gambit for when you have your pretty days, and then you have Logan for when you have your crush days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And Jug. Or not? Oh no. Okay. Oh, no one else. No one else. For or your, for you want to run through walls, days? <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. Like the Kool Aid yes, man. I like just looking at the X Men lineup and being like, all of the wonderful men. <laughs> um. Well, okay. I was gonna say something. We're, we're sidetracking. I was gonna talk about all of my X Men men fantasies, and then we just got a little bit. Be That's a di- for a different episode. Yeah, different, yeah. <laughs> different episode. My apologies. I'm just very passionate about this. <laughs> I love it. So, what are you what are you doing now? What's the, what's on your your docket? Yeah, well, right now I'm finishing up the last issues of uh, the Kitchen, which is a creator owned project I'm doing over at Vertigo about 70s mob wives, so more strong women. Nice. And um, I'm about to hop over to working like in a total kind of change of direction on co-writing Constantine the Hellblazer with James Tynan IV over at DC. And uh, then I'm also going to be drawing a comic at DC for James called Dark Universe, which is also set in their magical area. So lots of lots of dark supernatural stuff after I leave the mob streets behind. That's awesome. You know, speaking of like co-writing and, you know, you're, you're an art, you've been an artist by vocation mm. for the last few years and now you're, you're writing. And we're seeing a lot more of a trend towards, you know, artists becoming writers, both at Marvel and at DC. And, you know, obviously I think that's wonderful, but I'm very curious to know what that transition is like for you personally. Was it, is it difficult? Is it, you know, are you using a different part of your brain? What, what's that experience been like? 
Oh my gosh, seriously, yes, it is. I, it's a totally different part of your brain. It's so bizarre. I mean, I I always used to write for fun my entire life, um, and you know, English was one of my favorite classes when I had to go to non-art school. Um, so I always really enjoyed creative writing, and I even have written some shorter comics, both like fan comics on my live journal back in the day, and then also uh, professional published comics and anthology pieces. But um, yeah, this is my first time delving into like a long format comic book story, and it's it's a lot of heavy lifting brain work. It's uh, I'm used to just really I'm spoiled in a lot of ways getting scripts that have been you know so thoroughly edited and laid out, and it's just a total totally different side of the story equation to be the one to set it up. And mm-hmm. it's uh, I'm just happy that you know I'm I'm able to co-write and work with James and have somebody to talk about it with. But it's also really exciting. It kind of makes you feel godlike in a way. (laughs) (laughs) You get to choose what the characters are doing. It's pretty fun. Oh, God, that explains all of our writers' egos. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that does it? They're like, I am an Olympian. Dance for me, mortals. (laughs) Um, Yes, I mean, do you find that you rely on your editors at all? Do you find that helpful? I'm totally being unbiased here. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's early days. You know, uh, we haven't even finished putting together our uh, full script for number one, but I fully expect to rely on my editor very heavily. Okay. All right. Good, good. Um, that's something that I would love. I mean, I've also been spoiled by working with really wonderful editors that uh, have always been really accessible to me, and this will be my first time going to work with them as a writer, so I, I just hope that I don't annoy or pester anybody too much. No, that's that's what you're supposed to do. Don't worry. Okay. I'm only saying so that because you're working with DC editors right now. So annoy them. <laughs> annoy them. <laughs> do you think? I mean, obviously, writing a script for a comic book is so distinctly different than anything that anything you may have ever written before. Do you think your experience with obviously drawing the comics helps you understand how to write for the next artist? I would like to think so because you know, I mean, I've read scripts from all sorts of different writers now at this point with all sorts of different styles. And, um, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm obviously thinking about all of those when I'm putting together the scripts. Like, I haven't, I haven't written many comic scripts myself, but I've seen so many good examples, you know, behind the scenes. Um, so I, I do have a feeling for what effectively can be conveyed with storytelling. And, I mean, I know, like, when I get scripts and I'll see a description, and as an artist, I have that viewpoint, too, where I'm just like, no way is this happening. This is not going to look good. This has to be changed. So I hope that I'll, I'll be able to write really clear, coherent scripts that will be fun for other artists to draw as well. Yeah, I think that's such a great advantage of having uh, an artist write the script because they're already... And, and I think a great writer is always thinking visually, but I think oh, absolutely, yeah. sometimes we take for granted what is physically possible in, in a script. And some, when an artist gets it, they're like, oh, I got it. Oh, this is not really going to work out. You have to rearrange some things. Um, so I think just you being at the helm of that is probably extremely helpful for the artist you'd be working with. Fingers crossed. I don't know. He might end up cursing my name by the end because I might get carried away with all my new godlike power, but I'll try to be nice and not put more <laughs> than six there, panels on They might anyway. Don't worry. Yeah. It's bound to happen. <laughs> it's just the frustration of the job sometimes. And I, think, I know. It's all part of that creative push and pull, yeah. right? <laughs> And I think for those like listening at home, who, whoever want to work in comics, maybe trying to draw your own book, even though you may not have that particular like quality of art, trying to draw and understand how a page turns and what's the panels and all that stuff is so u- uniquely you know important. 
do you have any other like sort of ex like advice for those who want to get started in writing or in yeah. uh, as an artist? Yeah, absolutely. Actually, one of my first long format comic book jobs uh, outside of DC or Marvel was I worked for um, Candlewick Press, which is a young adult children's publisher based here in Boston. They do Where's Waldo and the Dragonology and Pirateology books and a lot of great kids titles. But um, I worked with them adapting some of their young adult books. Uh, which are about vampire, werewolf romances, into uh, graphic novels, basically, you know, like 200-page one-shots that would uh, be released directly uh, in the trade paperback market and bookstores and things. Mm -hmm. And it was interesting because I did, I worked with the writer, Cynthia Leidich-Smith, on her books. Um, and what she did was she went through her, her young adult novels that she had written and then turned them basically into a movie screenplay with like uh, dialogue and action and then she gave the screenplay to me and it was my job to, to break it down page by page, like make the number of pages fit, um, panel by panel, decide what action went where. So um, that really taught me as one of my first projects that, you know, even if you for some reason can't find a sample script online, though I, I feel like in this day and age there have to be a ton of sample scripts that you can Google very quickly to practice drawing. You can look at almost anything. You can you can try adapting one of your favorite movies or or short films or anything into a comic. That's an interesting exercise. You can also look at screenplays and um, mm -hmm. see what you can do based yeah. on what's in the direction there in terms of turning it into an actionable page. I mean, when yeah. you look around you, there's really basically no kind of story that you can't adapt into a comic. And I think that while original story writing, of course, is really important. Adaptability is like the number one most amazing thing that you can do for practice, just seeing what you can bring to any story. I mean, if, if you have one script in front of 10 different creators, they're all going to approach it a different way. And really the key to breaking into comics is seeing what you have to say that's different from other people have to say, what sets your storytelling style apart. That is fantastic advice, I have to say. That's some of the best advice I've heard. Uh, namely because you are so absolutely correct because it is about adapting and especially at a place like Marvel or NDC where you're talking about characters that have existed for like over 75 years or whatever and hmm. this is the place where we are you know editors are kind of serving as like you know brand managers of these characters property managers whatever you want to call it and it's really up to these new voices the creators to come in and be like this is how we're going to reimagine this character that has existed for 75 years, you know? And, yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's all about whatever spin you can bring to a character. You, totally. know? you don't want to rehash the same stories, but you have to remember that, you know, you're working with an archetype. Mm -hmm. You're working with some, some rules that you can't change that much. So mm -hmm. it's, it's all about how creative you can get yep. with the little stuff, kind of. Yeah, I know. That's great. Very, very wise advice. Thank you. <laughs> I feel like such a wizened hermit on a mountainside rolling out this <laughs> advice to the youngster. <laughs> and now we've come full circle back to the Himalayas. <laughs> Thank you so much for talking to us. It's been wonderful. You have an incredible advice. We're really looking forward to seeing everything that you're working on. Um, and where can we find you? Where, where can people find you on the Internet? Yeah, well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. I always loved working with Marvel, and it was amazing getting able, being able to draw Spider-Man. That was just so cute. Um, mm -hmm. You can find me online pretty much anywhere. There, there's a social media presence under the username Ming Doyle. So Twitter, I'm at Ming Doyle. Facebook, I'm Ming Doyle. Tumblr, I'm Ming Doyle. 
I like having this name. It's a great name. Smart, yeah, smart name. branding, too. Keeping it consistent. Yeah. So anyone listening at home, if you guys have any questions for Ming, definitely hit her up on the social medias. Um, yeah. and, if, and you guys have any questions for us, you can email us at womanof at marvel.com. We've got more of these amazing interviews coming throughout the month of March. So thank you, Ming. Thank you, fabulous ladies. We will check you guys later. This is Marvel, your universe.